The art of communication is the language of leadership. James Humes. Welcome to episode 11 of Ask Why podcast titled Communication. Episode 11 is part of the five-part series on leadership launched in episode 9's podcast titled Recipe for Leadership Success, where I talk about the five ingredients needed to make effective leadership. In episode 10, I talked about vision and how that was the number one ingredient for leadership success. Now in episode 11, today's episode, I'm going to talk about how communication is the second ingredient needed for effective leadership. To communicate, you you are basically imparting or exchanging information or news. Communication is used as a means of connecting between two people. Again, it is also the act of using words, sounds, body language, behaviors to express or exchange information. We communicate every day, every second of our lives. It is a human it is our human nature, literally. It's a, it's a normal part of what we do every single day of our lives. And oftentimes, because of body language, behavior, lack of information, or lack of understanding how to effectively communicate, the actual message sometimes and most of the time gets lost in translation or interpretation. Everyone has a communication style. It's really surprising, but we all do have a specific communication style. Um, There are four main fundamental styles of communication. There has been a lot of research, and a lot of people in the field of leadership and development um, have basically have an understanding of what these four fundamentals are. And I'm going to share with you. So when I share with you these four fundamentals, um, styles of communication, you can now assess which style best suits you, okay? Or which style is a reflective, a reflection of the way you communicate. So the four main styles of communication is analytical, intuitive, functional, and personal. No one communication style is inherently better than the other. I just want to put that out there. But picking the wrong style for a particular audience, whether it's one person or a thousand, it can completely derail the message that you are trying to get across, okay? So learning to build flexibility around your preferred style allows others to more successfully hear what you have to say and especially hear the important things you need to communicate. So I'm going to define the four styles and I want you to assess for yourself, you know, which style fits you. So the analytical communicator As an analytical communicator, you like hard data, you like real numbers, and you tend to be suspicious of people who aren't in command of facts and data. Typically, these type of communicators like very specific language and dislike vague language. For example, if I was an analytical thinker and someone told me sales are positive, my next frame of thought would be, um, what does positive mean? Is it 6.2%? 7.9% or 9.2%. You got to give me real numbers. You got to give me a number. And those with an analytical communication style often have little patience for lots of feelings and emotional words in communication. They don't really do well with that. But the upside is that you are fairly unemotional. You know, you're often able to look at issues logically and dispassionately. This means that, you know, people see you as having a high level of data and informational expertise, right? However, the potential downside of this is that people will see you as cold and you won't be able to speak effectively to people who communicate with emotion. 
And we know emotion governs a huge part of our lives and the way we speak with others. So you tune and shut those people out. So in fact, the, the, the scary thing about it sometimes is that you will get irritated by those who actually want to have an emotional conversation with you, which now that can cause a lot of relational consequences, okay? Um, so the next communication style that we're going to go to is the intuitive think communicator. An intuitive communicator, you like the big picture, you avoid getting bogged down into details, you cut right to the chase, you rather get a broad overview and skip everything else and get straight to the point. Um, for example, some people like to tell the whole story and you're like, please just spare me with the whole story. Can you get to the point? One big plus of having an intuitive communication style is that your communication is quick and it's to the point and it doesn't waste any time. People like that, right? The, the potential downside of having an intuitive communication style is that you don't have enough patience to listen. When you're in a situation that actually requires getting the nitty gritty detail, you will risk losing all of the important information because you don't exercise the patience to listen to everything in entirety. Next, we have the functional communicator. As a functional communicator, you like process, you like detail, timeliness, and well-thought-out plans. You like to communicate things in a step-by-step -step fashion so nothing gets missed. You're generally, you know, your communication hits, you know, all the details and nothing gets missed. When you're on a team, people will often turn to you to be the implementer because, again, you have the confidence and you love and, and you have a love for process and a love for detail. And because you're so focused on things like process and detail, you're the person who is typically asked to play devil's advocate. Does that sound like you? Okay. The downside of having this functional communication style is that you may risk losing the attention of your audience especially if you're talking to Miss Intuitive over there who wants the last letter of the alphabet first and who does not have the patience to listen to everything you have to say, right? Um, so you, you miss that portion of people. I have the last but not least is the personal communicator. As a personal communicator, you value emotional language and connection. You use that as your mode of discovering what others are really thinking and you find value in assessing not only how people think, but how they truly feel deep down inside. And, and most personal communicators tend to be good listeners. Um, they're diplomats. You know how to smooth over conflicts. And you're typically concerned um, with the health of your relationships. And one big plus of having a personal communication style is, is that you always, you tend to always have deeper relationships with people. Um, and, and people turn to you as the glue with a linking pin that holds groups or families or um, organizations together. Um, and you're typically able to pick up vibes, quote unquote vibes, and, 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 and kind of able to have like follow your gut and intuition in a sense. Um, and, and these vibes that you pick up, oftentimes others may miss because they're, you're, you're attuned to the emotional aspect of the communication. Now, the downside to this is that you know, people with this personal communication style are often viewed as emotional, um, too touchy-feely. Um, for example, when dealing with an analytical communicator who wants that hard data, who wants numbers, who wants just a logical discussion um, and really dislike warm and fuzzy type of emotional-based conversation, um, they get tuned out. So there has to be a healthy balance of when to invoke the emotions and when to really have a hard data-driven conversation. 
Now, even though I did say one style isn't better than another, I will say this. I will say that each style of communication needs to have a level of emotional IQ, which we also call emotional intelligence. Um, and in the personal communication style, that that has that. That is, It's very prominent um, in the personal communication style, and which is a good thing, and I'll tell you why. Emotional IQ is extremely important for a leader to harness, whether you're speaking with your boss, whether it's a small sales meeting, whether it's with your employees or an audience of thousands, it's imperative to understand your own emotions as well as others, you know, and, and then to be able to read body language. That's extremely, extremely important um, to be able to access behavior and the ability to manage emotions, not just of others, but including your own and the ability to cheer up or calm down another person. This is so essential in the workplace. And during my trainings, I always tell senior management um, that when you're dealing with your staff, it's important to be to have emotional IQ. It's important to understand body language and nonverbal cues and and know what is being said without actually saying it. Um, know what messages are being transmitted through body language. Um, those are extremely important, and that will help you to navigate the workplace much better as well as deal with people. Because I always say in a lot of my leadership trainings that we are dealing with people. We are not dealing with machines. We're not dealing with people that are emotionless. We are dealing with human beings. And it's important to have the emotional IQ to deal with the complexities that we all present, whether it's at home, whether it's in the workplace, and whether it's in our every day lives. Okay. So these qualities are essential in the workplace and in your everyday life. Um, and it's interesting because from our earliest days in our classroom, we are trained to focus on enunciation, vocabulary, presence, delivery, grammar, syntax, and, and the like. In other words, we are taught to focus on ourselves. While I don't mean to belittle, I really don't mean to belittle these things as they are important to learn. Um, but at the end, at the end of the day, it's a subtle elements of communication that are rarely taught in the classroom. Those elements that focus on others, which leaders and individuals, specifically leaders, desperately need to learn. And that's where emotional intelligence, emotional IQ comes into play. Um, they may talk about the, their ideas. You can talk about your ideas, but you have to speak about your ideas, about your vision in a way that speaks to your emotions and your aspirations. That is what people connect to. You know, people don't connect to emotionless conversations. The way to win people over is if you're empathetic, if you're able to have a message that will connect to them, that will connect to some need or some desire that they have, that's when they'll tune you in and really, really listen. Okay. Um, people do see when your message doesn't take deep root. And people do see when your message is sort of um, all about you. But when you're talking to people, there has to be a way where you can come across the aisle and invite them into that conversation. And emotional intelligence does that. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, the number one thing about great communicators is that they, what they have in common is that they possess a heightened sense of situational and contextual awareness. So, even though I went through a whole spiel of what uh, communication is all about and how it's extremely important in relationship to um, leadership, I'm going to give you six quick steps to effective communication. Um, so my first one is speak with truthfulness. That's the first one. Speak with truthfulness. No one will trust a leader who has poor integrity 
or who they do not trust. Okay, so it's extremely important to build trust. Um, if people don't trust you, if you have questionable character, questionable integrity, um, or I mean, lack of integrity, um, people will not listen to you. People will tune you out, and your message will will not necessarily be transmitted the way it's supposed to be. The second one, get personal. Think dialogue, not monologue. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that is extremely important. Get personal when you're talking to people, okay? Um, I know they, they have this idea, the fine line between being person, being too personable, being, being too forward, um, and remaining professional. But I say get a little personal. That's how you touch people. That's how you're able to reach people, okay? And then get Pacific. Number three is get Pacific. Specificity is... Specificity is better than ambiguity, 11 times out of 10, and I'll tell you why. You need to learn how to communicate with clarity. When we talked about vision in episode 10, I talked to you about, you know, it's a, if you have a vision, but you're unable to um, communicate that vision, then everything is sort of lost, because how do you implement a vision? How do you get people on board? How do you get supporters? How do you get people to invest in your dream, invest in whatever you're trying to do, if you can't communicate what it is and why they should be interested? So get specific, get to the details, be able to communicate that and be able to do it concise and clear with clarity. Extremely important. Number four, which is a big thing, replace ego with empathy. When candor is communicated with empathy and caring and not the prideful arrogance of an overinflated ego, good things begin to happen. Understanding that communication principle, to me, is, is what will help you turn and what will help others turn anger into respect and doubt into trust when it comes to you. Okay, You don't want people to think you are talking from a place of ego or pride, but you want them to think you're talking from a place of, okay, I am an expert in this area, but I'm using it relation, relationally. Okay, I'm using it as a way to um, form a relationship with you. I'm using it as a way to cut across the aisle to meet you where you're at. Okay, so um, candor communicated with empathy and caring um, is extremely, extremely important. Number five. You got to be able to read between the lines. Take a moment and reflect back on any great leader that comes to mind, anyone. You'll find one skill. And one interesting skill is that they are very adept at reading between the lines. They have the uncanny ability to understand what is not said, witnessed, or heard. So that means paying close attention. That means, you know, listening before speaking and really, really learning how to listen before you speak. Um, this is something that I've, I've been learning all my life and I'm still learning to listen attentively before opening my mouth before I speak. Okay. So, um, that's extremely, extremely important. Know when to speak. Okay. Um, know when to read between, to read between the lines. That's understanding body language. That's understanding nonverbal cues. Okay. So that will give you a sense of understanding what is being said without it even being said. Okay. And number six, which I, you know, which I think is extremely important is when you speak, know what you're talking about. We live in this age where maybe you think subject matter doesn't matter because of social media. You know, we put out errors, we put out grammatical errors and all of these things because we're so quick um, to type our responses or our thoughts um, and transmit it to the world through social media. But the fact of the matter is that you need to develop a technical command over your subject matter. 
if you don't possess a subject matter expertise, few people will give you the time of day. And I'm, I'm just being honest. Um, this idea of fake it until you make it days have long since been passed. Okay. And for most people, I know fast and slick equals not credible. So get rid of that fast and slick because you will not be viewed as credible. You all heard the saying is not what you say, but it's how you say it that matters. And while there is surely an element of truth to that statement, I'm here to really tell you that what you do say does matter. Um, and that is what people will base your knowledge and expertise and background on. So in this age of social media where people are quick to just, you know, spill out whatever's on your mind, I t- I'll tell you to take a step back. Okay, think about what you're going to say first before saying it. And in, 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 in fact, when you're communicating with people in person, it's extremely important to know what you're talking about, especially if you're talking to someone who's also an expert in that field. Um, and if you don't know what you're talking about, it's not necessary you speak up and say anything. This is a great time to listen and to learn. And I have one bonus for you, okay? So that was basically the six quick steps to effective communication. My bonus is be versatile. Speak to large groups groups as individuals, okay? It gives a great personal touch. When you're speaking to large groups, imagine that you're just speaking to them as an individual, okay? You're speaking to them one-on-one. That's the way your, your message is going to be able to be received effectively um, um, from your audience, okay? So thanks for tuning into um, episode 11 of XY Podcast, available for download on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on my website, yetundeodubesin.com. Um, the next episode, episode 12, will be fo- focusing on the third ingredient for leadership success, which is, again, part of the five-part series that I'm doing on leadership. So I wish you all a happy holiday and a, and a very Merry Christmas. Um, and thank you so much for tuning in and stay tuned for episode 12.